0: We're going to talk about all of the topics surrounding what it takes for you to step into your God-Goddess. Journey with me as we uncover all things living self-actualized and in your inherent divine God state. This podcast is about doing whatever it takes to develop and nourish the God in you. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the She's a God podcast. I'm super excited today to introduce you all to Down River Indigo, who is this amazing, beautiful woman. You have to check her out online. She has this impactful story um, of healing that really drove her to creating this very purpose-led business called Dream. And I cannot wait to tell you guys all about that. Downriver is a 6-2 generator, which I know in the past I haven't mentioned the designs and profiles of our guests, but I'm going to continue. I'm going to actually start to do that going forward as I lay the groundwork for exactly the type of guest or experience that we are diving into. And of course, when I pulled her Heart, I'm like, duh, of course she's a six, two, which we know the six is that role model energy, which she totally is that here and in my community. She is that role model energy. And the two line is totally the natural. It's also like the guru slash a little bit of hermit vibes. And we know that the six, two comes together to give us the exemplary human being. Yes. I can't even say it enough. She is exactly that an exemplary. Human being. I'm so excited to introduce you to Down River Indigo. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Down River Indigo. Thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very blessed and honored to be here with your beautiful
0: self. Uh, so I met Down River, like, it's got to be, is it more than a year?
1: Yeah, I, I would say it's been over a year.
0: More than a year. Okay. And she's sort of like the keeper of this land of where I live here in Wisconsin. And it came at the perfect time. And I, it's funny, because I hate when people say like, Oh, I manifested you, but I swear I manifested you. Like, <laughs> I was like at a point in my like spiritual journey where I felt like I had a lot of online friends and like online sisterhood and stuff like that. But I really didn't have anybody here, like in the present where I could like like reach out and hug them and be like, Hey girl or anything. So this was perfect timing for my personal spiritual journey to meet you. And I met, Downriver through some other friends here in Wisconsin, and she holds this beautiful space on her land, which we're going to dive all into that and exactly what she does with her business and her land and everything that she does. But before we get into it all, I just want to do a little bit of a connection with understanding like what your background is and just talking a little bit about you and your upbringing and just a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you so much for, like I said, having me here. So as you said, I'm Downriver Indigo and where that actually stems from is growing up on the water, I was fortunate to be very connected to a family that was prioritizing of nature. So to them, that didn't always mean spiritual and emotional connections to nature, but we were always very active in the outdoors. So my family was big into hunting and fishing and we were always out gathering mushrooms and learning all about them and learning that we could actually eat them and uh, use them for medicine. So they did a great job in prioritizing outdoor experiences for us. So I was fortunate to have that initial connection with nature. And we were also fortunate because my family had access to land that was also associated with water. And so whether it be the Root River in Racine, Wisconsin, or our local Lake Michigan, or small streams that connect all of them, and even the ocean itself, my father, being a single father, he, all, he did an amazing job of always bringing us and introducing us and taking us with him along the way when he went on these adventures out into nature. But what also came along with that was the fact that my family did deal with a lot of ancestral and family trauma. We went through a divorce with my father and my mother. And so he was a single father. My mother had a lot of issues as far as like alcoholism and mental health and her own ancestral paths that brought her to where she was. And so when we went through those experiences of growing up without that motherly role in our house and without that motherly influence i really as a small kid and as a small woman turned to nature as my safe space and knowing that this was some place that i could always go be where i was welcome in the same way that a mother would welcome you into her arms regardless of what you did who you were or what you were becoming mothers are always there to embrace us and love us and for me that was always earth and nature and it it did stem from having that missing link to the other side of the energy, which is coming from an actual human. So growing up by the water and the rivers and the lakes and the streams, myself and even my siblings became really confident swimmers. We were very good at exploring. We spent hours and hours out in nature. If we weren't swimming, we were out in the woods, just finding stuff to do, trees to climb, rocks to throw. Nature for them was also a safe space. And for me, we would always end almost every day with a fire, whether it was on the water or out in the woods we would always have a fire. And that was our way as a family to really connect at the end of the day. Sometimes we'd cook over the fire. And that was where it was also a safe space to talk and communicate and say things that we typically wouldn't say in a normal situation. And I also devote a lot of that inspiration to the fact of having that fire in front of us and having that fire as a big part of our familial connection. Because even when it comes to us kids being confident in what we did and what we could do, all of us kids from a very young age, we knew what fire was, what it could do, how to use it, how to build it. To us, it was second nature. I think every single one of my siblings at any time could just go about and build a fire. And we never had any issues as far as like burning things down or stuff getting out of control, because we were always taught the importance of it. and We were always taught what it could do. Um, and so growing up in that kind of environment, I also turned to um, the artistic skills inside of me. And what would happen is when I'd be out in nature and kind of out in the woods and just kind of being in nature, I'd come across pieces of wood that to me almost looked like nature had already carved something into them or created in, into something. And there'd always be these unique pieces of wood that would that would almost call to me and especially since my father was always involved in his tree service business as a young girl i was always involved and around to me what i acknowledge now is tree spirits but as a young girl it was just my father doing her his job of cutting these trees down and bringing them back and a lot of times i would take those pieces and create stuff out of them so for me i would carve wood next to the fire and i learned really early that i was capable of creating anything i could imagine in my brain. So even if it was a pretty picture or a lot of times I would carve stuff that maybe helped me at the times I understand it now as healing, but maybe at that time it was just something that what didn't even exist in the real world. It's just something that came out of my brain. And I knew quickly that nature was something that was ingrained in me and a part of me and really close. And so as I grew up, I became a lifeguard. I was a swim instructor. Um, But even doing that, I was still, I want to say, restless and unhappy. Like I knew that there was more I was supposed to be doing than just going to work every day and being this lifeguard. And so from there, I joined the Marine Corps and I really thrived in the Marine Corps. It was the discipline, the fitness, being in a hunter-gatherer family, I'd learned how to shoot from a very young age. So joining the Marine Corps and knowing how to shoot already, I really thrived and received awards. And it was an environment where I was recognized for the things that I could do and was capable. Capable of. And a lot of that also came from the way that I grew up of being in a natural state and really being allowed to learn and grow and figure out what happens when you do certain things. And while I was in the Marine Corps and thriving. I was very fortunate to become a mother. And because I was in another country by myself without family, it was a very difficult transition to go from being somebody who didn't have a mother to being a mother myself, and especially doing it without my family there without the support. It was a totally different experience. But in itself, it really did awaken that motherly instinct that was in me the whole time that I didn't even know was there because it wasn't fostered as a young as a young girl. And while While I was in another country with a brand new baby, tragically, we ended up losing two young family members in my family. And for my family and myself, it was incredibly traumatic. So um, one of them was one of us, six kids. So there's four of me, of my siblings. But then we had two boy cousins that we were raised with, a very much blended family Um, My father being a single father, his sister, my aunt, stepped up a lot to try to fill that motherly role that we didn't have. And so we were all raised as six kids. And so it was one of these kids that we lost. And for all of us siblings who went from being very much connected in this environment where we all grew up almost like a little wolf pack, just running around and knowing we all had each other's back. And that was my first experience with traumatic loss and really not understanding the grief process and how we go through. Through it and the actions that we choose, and um, because of these really traumatic things that were going on, I really started trying to latch onto relationships around me. And because of that, I ended up getting married, trying to avoid that broken family pattern that I had already um, kind of adjusted myself to and understood that that wasn't something I wanted. But because I'd gotten pregnant, I was like, okay, I'm going to marry his father and try to have this family. And a lot of that was not being in the right state of mind and just kind of latching on to a future and that hope and trying to really put you're all into a situation. But because of life being life and fate being fate, I did end up, that did result in a a divorce and a very traumatic and violent divorce. And because of that and becoming a single mother, I was still a full-time Marine. And I learned really quickly that I could not do it all. I couldn't be a full-time Marine. I couldn't give my child the motherly love that I knew he needed because I didn't have it. And so for me being in the Marine Corps and really thriving, to going from this all-star Marine to barely being able to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. Unfortunately for me, I ended up going through a lot of uh, abandonment trauma and reliving all of that because the military itself, they raise you and train you to Have this belief and confidence that all of these people around you, no matter what, they've got your back and they're going to be there for you and support you. And when it actually comes down to it, if you as a Marine can't perform and can't do your job, you're not, but you're not as important to them if you can't do all the expectations that they have for you. And so for me, like I was saying, of going cycling back to that abandonment trauma of going through all these issues and losing these family members and being a single mother and then having my... Um I want to say family because they really did become my family, feeling like the, my family that I built was turning their backs on me because I couldn't perform the way that they expected to. And so also due to injuries, I transitioned out of the military and I moved back home. I fell into a corporate job working in an office uh, like a lot of people do, you know, work in the nine to fives. And I quickly learned that I was burning myself out, trying to fall back into that pattern of doing it for everybody else, being a people pleaser. And whenever anybody came to me and they'd say, oh, can you do this? My whole life, I'd always been so concerned with making sure that I could do it all, that I would take upon everything on me and really try try to do it all. So during that time, I was also, because of the various illnesses and conditions and injuries, I was relying upon a lot of pharmaceuticals that the military is always their first act is to medicate you. And so at that time, also being a mother and because I moved back home, I started a new partnership with my now husband. It was very difficult to be a normal human being and to facilitate and have these loving, connected relationships when I was on all these medications. Fortunately, my loving husband, he's an amazing, amazing man. And he, every step of the way, has supported me and really believes in me. And he is always the first person who will talk about the things that I'm capable of. So he always says, you're so capable. And he's right. And I'm fortunate to have... That encouragement from him. But at that time, even with that support, I still did not know what to do. I mean, that was really my rock bottom that I had hit. And going back to as a child, the only thing I knew was nature, and the only thing I knew. Was a safe space and was a space that no matter what, what I did or what I didn't do or what I could be or couldn't be, I always knew I was welcome there. And I always knew it was a space and a place that I could go to be and have zero expectations of who I was or what I could do. I knew that I could just walk out into the woods and just exist and be. The birds would sing and the bugs would hang out. It would do it all without expecting me to do anything in return for them, except for just be myself and observe them and listen. And so I'd go out and I'd listen to the birds and I'd watch the sun and I'd build a fire and I would take my kayak out on the river and just get lost for hours, not physically lost, but lost in my brain, you know? And from there, I eventually started meditating and became very mindful of not only my surroundings, but myself and my emotions and the emotions that I was trying to process. And so from there, I started started listening to nature and I started to turn towards more natural and organic plant medicines instead of these pills that I was relying upon to get through my daily times, whether it be because I was feeling all these terrible pains or because it was the mental stuff or any of it. To me, it was, I knew that nature had better plans and better ideas than the route that I was taking. And so I also drastically changed my diet. I eliminated a lot of processed foods and foods that to me weren't from nature, because once we start taking something and changing its components and components, that's not the way earth intended us to eat it. A lot of whole foods, a lot of foods that I'd go out and forage myself in the garden that I didn't always right away know what it was, but being out there and being immersed in it, the garden and and the land continuously would bring itself to my attention. And the more plants that I learned about, and the more that I researched, it was almost like as I learned about the plant, the plant would come to me. And I don't know if the plant was there all along, and then I just learned about it. Or if once I started learning about it, I started seeing it everywhere. And that's kind of what happens is once we start learning about nature, we can't deny it. We can't go outside and hear the birds and we can't not acknowledge that that's part of us that that's that we exist in that and that that is there for us and so i started immersing myself into nature every single day and not and and really making that a priority and knowing that this was something that i needed even if i didn't know what it was going to give back to me in return cuz i wasn't really even looking for anything specific i was just going back to what i knew and that was just being in nature
0: for for people who may be like on that spectrum of feeling like they are doing the pharmaceutical thing and they kind of want to lean more into nature for the, that healing the same as you, how long did would you say was it a very difficult process to go from like military's way of treating yourself through pharmaceuticals to the natural way of healing?
1: Um, it for me, it was a very drastic change because I had kind of gotten to that point where I was like, I will do anything to feel better better and to be better because this can't be the life that I'm given. There's got to be better and more than this. And so I really did do it pretty drastically. And I don't recommend that for everybody, but that was also, it was also along with the guidelines from my doctors. So I told them from the very beginning, this isn't what I want to do. This is not the path I want to be on. I am going to be cycling off, cycling off all of these medicines. And that's my goal is to not be on any of them. And I planned to implement these holistic and natural ways to treat them. And even now they, when I go into the doctor, They don't give me a lot of pushback on it because I stuck to it and I was dedicated to it. And I really proved that I could do it and that it wasn't going to ultimately harm my body by doing it because there are certain pharmaceuticals and medicines that people need to rely on. They can't, nature can't solve everything. And a lot of us as humans has been so drastically changed. And we have gone through so many generations of not living within nature that our bodies have changed a lot and adapted to this different lifestyle. Um, so I always do suggest that you do as much research as you can. And for me, that was always my saving grace was I did the research. I Everything I could, I looked up. Any plant, I did the research as far as I could, read every single article on it, talked to any person I could who already experienced using it, and then also would sit in nature and meditate on it a lot. And that's where a lot of these plants came to me, where I would just be sitting there and this knowledge that I didn't even know whether I had read it in my research or figured it out would just... Just come to my brain and really fall in there. And then I'd say, okay, mother ward, let's look into this and see what it can treat and see how I can implement this. And once I started learning that even almost every single pharmaceutical drug originally came and was processed from something natural. So a lot of times, these pharmaceuticals that we're taking, we do need that compound that's in that medicine. But we can get it from other natural sources, not all of them, but there's a lot out there that we can access this in our own backyards even.
0: What was the reason for getting on pharmaceuticals? Was it just that transition from the military into like nine to five life that made you feel like you needed something to adjust?
1: So while I was in the military, I suffered a lot of um, injuries while I was in there. So I had broken my hip. I had hip surgery. I received a traumatic brain injury, which resulted in a lot of issues, um, including seizures. I was having seizures at one point, depression, anxiety, PTSD. So I worked in a military prison while I was in the military. And as much as I was fortunate to not have a lot of traumatic experiences in that regard, it was traumatic every day just knowing the environment you were in and and where you were going every day when you woke up. And as much as it's not the same as going out into an active battlefield where you're being shot at, it is an environment where you are constantly on hyper alert, constantly have to watch your back and look out for yourself and know that if something happens, I have to rely on myself and I have to rely on my teammates to be able to come and help me. And that was it was a. It was an interesting way to live. And when you get out of the military, you learn very quickly you can't live that life every day on a normal basis because it very quickly, rapidly depletes your energy. It depletes your ability to do a lot of things because you're in a constant hyper state of stress and and that fight or flight is always actively engaged that that had a lot of toll on me and when I got out of the military it was almost like all of these programs where you are programmed to be basically a performing machine that listens to orders that doesn't question orders regardless of what they are and that can be a scary thing when when you're asked to do things that your morals and your ethics don't always line up with but as a marine you're built to do this you don't question why. You all you do is you do it. And we can't live our lives that way. And when we live them that way at all, it truly takes away from our path. It takes away from our authentic self. It takes away that innate like drive that we all have to feel that sense of safety and security. And it was a it was a really hard transition going from the military to coming back home and immersing back into my family that kind of had no idea where I was or, or the kind of person I had become. And that was also a lot of expectations on me of transitioning back and not wanting them to worry or not wanting them to look at me differently or not wanting them to think that I was some type of broken being or, you know, all of the preconceived notions that come with somebody who comes out of the military and experiences these type of things
0: hmm. So when we started this interview, I touched on the fact that you are the keeper of this land. And I would love to know a little bit how you sort of navigated through that process of creating this sort of magical like space on the land that you have. I would just like to know a little bit about how how that came about how that reconnection to nature and creating that space. What did that that journey look like for you?
1: So, as soon as I started immersing myself back into nature every day and paying attention to the elements, especially water and to fire, and after that, everything changed. And so, when I would go out into this space, which at the time was just piles of wood chips, piles of logs, it was some trees that have been on the property for a long time, some big piles of dirt that have been moved around for numerous occasions. And when I went out there and I would sit with nature, it really started to speak back to me. And it was almost, not in a literal way of take that log and move that log here, but I would get into this flow where I didn't even question what I was doing. And sometimes I would do things for no reason, like just start moving all those logs over there and start hauling those wood chips and creating a path here. And I didn't always know what I was doing, but I really started to consciously use the logs and the wood chips and the branches from my father's tree service that were just stacked and piled on the land. And I started to create these intentional spaces where I personally was using them, that I would go and I'd sit and I'd meditate there, and that was my little meditation spot. And I would use that and, and have that intention into that land. And then when I was sitting there in that spot, another spot would be like, okay, this is what I want to be, and this is what I want to become, and this is the intentions I want to have. And so I started to just really idealize this being a place where other people were going to come, and whether they were going to create art or just be, or come to, to camp and to hear the birds and to get out of the city. It, it really started to be a place that I knew was going to be a healing environment. And so I started carving and making art in nature again. So I started finding the pieces of wood, I would consciously take the pieces from my dad's jobs, and I would make stuff out of them. And that in to me was even a healing experience. Because as I started to meditate and really have a connection with all these trees around me, it started to affect me when my dad would bring home a whole truckload full of a tree that he just cut down and to me it's almost like i could hear that tree in that in that trailer not screaming, but just being like, what's happening? And so when I started to take these wood chips and turn them into dirt and turn them into path, it really started to make me feel like I was contributing and giving back to that destructive side of nature. That to me really started to heal a lot because I was I was acting and initiating. As much as I can say it was the tree spirits, it really was my own healing that I was doing by by using these these pieces of trees to create my ultimate Art project basically is what the garden is because every day that I go out there it gets changed and manifested and formed and every person that comes contributes something to the land. And when I started carving and making art and being in nature again I also dedicated more time to travel and spending time in the water and especially the ocean. When I tapped back into my love for the ocean especially that's when all of that motherly love and that bond that I had originally made with nature teacher came back to me so strongly being involved in that water. And water is such a great element for highlighting so much energy and connection because the whole world is water and everything is connected by water, including all of us. I mean, when we drink water, that water goes through our body and it's going to become a raindrop one day or a current in the ocean. And we can't deny that we're all connected in that way. And especially this year, I actually ended up losing my mother and she passed away. And even though we didn't have a relationship, that was a wound that never got healed or sealed or addressed but it I was so fortunate because when she did pass away which as fate would have it was actually on Mother's Day and that was actually already a difficult holiday because one of the young family members that we lost we lost her on Mother's Day and that was my first Mother's Day that I was celebrating in Okinawa Japan and so since we lost her that day we never really celebrated it and then this past year my mother passed away on Mother's Day and I went from having all of these pent-up emotions that were one-sided and that were very much full of grief and resentment and a lot of anger towards not having her there and feeling like she didn't live up to those expectations that were put on her and even growing up and having a lot of shame over not having a mother that loves you because we're always raised to believe that like moms are our moms and they're born to love and they're born to to be these loving creatures that love their kids no matter what and will sacrifice themselves no matter what and all ultimately these roles that were put into nobody asks for them and nobody asks for the expectations that are put on relationships. And so when she was lost, I really was so grateful for having that connection to nature, because it made me be able to see so quickly and easily that the forgiveness and the understanding was so fast to take that space that used to hold the anger and the resentment, because I understood that it wasn't her job to do any of those things. And even if her job in this world as the mother that she was, was to show me my connection and, and to know that we all have a mother that is the same. And, and to me, that's the ocean and the waters and, and Mother Earth herself we all together have that motherly love, no matter what we actually do or what we actually have in this life. Being able to transform a lot of that hurt into healing was a lot of thanks to nature and having these spaces to be able to go and sit and have these thoughts and to have these feelings of, you know, why did I live the life this way? And, you know, we have all these questions of why we're put through the things that we're put through. And now, like I said, I really transformed so many of these negative feelings that I latched onto as a young girl and having that connection to nature is what helped me be able to transform those feelings and to be able to find that forgiveness and understanding and to know that just because she was put in a position that she was supposed to step into a role of being a mother doesn't mean because she couldn't do those things, whether that was her choice or because of the way she was brought up or the things she learned or the trauma that was involved in her life, we cannot put expectations on relationships and expect to have any type of loving connection. Because in the end, we're supposed to unconditionally love people, regardless of what they can do for us, regardless of what they give to us or regardless of what role they fill in our lives. And I don't have regrets, but I really have had this profound awakening of realizing that the time we waste by telling people, you didn't do this for me, so now I can't be this for you. And that's not fair because we can't always step into the roles that life gives to us. And we can't always step into the expectations that other people have for us. And a lot of times, if we were able to have that unconditional love and support, we would be able to step into these roles and fulfill the roles we're supposed to be doing and fulfill the authentic paths that are inside of us. Because whether it be the darkness or the light or things we've achieved or things that we failed at, every human is on this path for a reason and everything you've been through and every experience that you have survived or thrived in has been the way to show you how you can help other people how you can love other people and how you can really foster this connection of us all being the same. I mean, we in the end, we are all made out of the same exact elements that are all found in nature. And we, as a whole, need to come more together and be able to see all the positive things that people can bring instead of the negative things that they might be bringing along with them as their own baggage.
0: Mm -hmm. I love all of what you said. And I love how that sort of came full circle For you on your journey through that mother energy with connecting everything from, you know, not growing up, not having that sort of motherly energy, but always having that mother earth and water energy in your life and then circling back to that toward the end. And then in your healing process and in that healing journey, it thus was born dream, which is something I really want to talk about, because I'm super excited about what you're doing with this sort of soul driven business that you have. So tell us about dream and and what what exactly that is.
1: Yes. And so DREAM actually stands for Downriver Indigos Experiences and Mementos. And being called DREAM in itself shows so much as far as it being my dream and having the connections that I have in nature and it being such a paramount source of my own ability to thrive and survive and to be able to create everything that I do. And now I really feel that it's my mission to be able to help others tap back into their connection with nature and to remember remind them of the importance of caring for themselves and ultimately how the way they care for themselves and their environment affect the whole universe around us. And I do this by guiding them through nature experiences in the wild. And while we're out there, we're having these profound experiences and connections and really trying to see life from a perspective of being a part of nature and, and releasing these expectations that the world has put on us and being put in a natural state where we can feel safe and secure and loved and be able to release all of those negative traumas or dramas that we've picked up along the way and be able to really see as a whole and inside of us what we're meant to do and what makes us happy and what brings us joy. Because when we are living our purpose and we are tapping into our passions, we are doing nothing but pouring fuel on every flame that's around us. And that's really what we have to do is to awaken and make people realize that we are here and we're alive. And and currently we are doing experiences in Wisconsin at the Indigo Zen Garden that you referenced to where really this has started my journey and started my healing and which is where it has brought all these people. And we are able to facilitate nature retreat there. There's a sweat lodge that's going on. There's these beautiful women circles that get together and gather by Mother Tree, which fortunately is devoted to my own mother and being able to have that connection to the Mother Earth and We also do experiences in Florida, kayaking and going out on the boat and snorkeling and swimming in the ocean. And one of my other passions is the fact that I grew up so connected to water and not having that fear or uncomfortability. That's something that I really want to be able to share with other people and to be able to help them get past that fear of the water and get past that fear of uncertainty and to really step into their their own power and know that they are these incredible human beings and that we've been put on this beautiful blue earth to be able to experience all these feelings and emotions and connections. And, and that's really what I am passionate about bringing those people back to nature. And we are hoping to eventually expand all the way to Europe and specifically the Balkan mountains in Serbia. And the reason I wanted to do that is because depending upon which generation you grow up in, a lot of people have different opinions of other countries, especially growing up in America where we are really bombarded with the news and media and patriotism and we're told and and we are really encouraged to not have connections and to not have experiences with these other cultures because we don't maybe know their language or we don't know the true history of their people or the uncertainty of what could happen when I go to a country where I'm not comfortable. And when I originally went to Serbia for the first time, and the reason Serbia is so specific for me, and that's because my husband and his family are from there. And when we first got together it was a difficult transition for both families because we were always told we were enemies. We were always told that, you know, we're so different that we couldn't be together, that we couldn't live in the same world. When I first went there, my own family had a lot of reservations about, is it safe for you to go there? Is something bad going to happen to you? And I even myself being in the military and being raised to believe that there's the, all these bad people out there doing all these terrible terrible things. I even had my own reservations of going there and and being worried, okay, well, I'm going to be in this uncertain and unknown environment, and how are they going to how are they going to receive me? How are they going to perceive me? How are they going to view me? And are they going to have these preconceived notions of me because I'm an American coming to their land? And it was the complete opposite. When I went there, I was so welcome and flooded with love, and there's these amazing people that are incredibly tune with the earth and they have extensive knowledge of working with the land. And my husband and his family come from very small villages there where they still make their own cheese from the cow's milk they got that morning from their cows. And everybody in the village comes together and helps to slaughter the animals in in an honorable way. And they share every piece of the animal with every family. And I'd like to give back also to those incredible people that truly deserve our, our respect and our admiration and to be able to help facilitate connections between the entire world because we miss out On So many amazing opportunities and experiences because of fear and because we have these preconceived notions about what could happen or what might happen in the negative way instead of seeing it as there could be so many amazing things that you see and do and amazing people that you meet that you'll never forget. And that's what ultimately it's about. I mean, living and having connections and, and sharing meals with people and sharing what it's like to live your life And and so that, to me, has kind of been the worldwide view of of really getting out there and being the example of just because people say one thing doesn't mean that's what it is. And we choose the realities that we live in every single day. And especially if you're choosing to live a life that's loving and peaceful, I don't believe the world's going to put us in positions where where we ultimately have to pay for that. And so that's the ultimate dream of dream is just connecting people with nature and spreading awareness and sharing um, what it is to be connected to nature. And, And the other part of that too, is that with each experience, um, the, the participants get to actually bring home from the experience a hand-carved memento that I've created to really symbolize and and be an icon to show them the connections and the catalysts and all of the magic that was created during these experiences. Because so often we have these immersive, connective experiences and transformative and We go to these retreats and then we come home and we forget all of the healing that we achieved and we forget all of the downloads that came and all of the connections that were made. And especially for me, having suffered a traumatic brain injury, memory has always been really difficult for me, whether it be long-term or short-term. Sometimes I can't remember um, certain things that happened short-term or or certain things that have happened in history. And for me, when I wear my mementos or I see them, or when I go through a life-changing event, I've always turned that into a piece of art and kept it so that when I touch it or see it, or maybe I smell the essential oil that's infused in it, I'm really brought back to that experience. And so often, even now I'll keep many mementos on my altar and when I walk past it, I might be having a bad day where I feel like I'm not accomplishing as much as I should. And sometimes all it takes is a glance at my altar to be able to see how far I've come and what I've achieved and what I've done and what connections I've made. And and um, so that's another element that comes along with it. And that's the M part of dream, which is the mementos. And I also, on top of creating the ones that are specific for these experiences, I also create them just from my own ideas and my own experiences and the kind of things that come to me and and are, are thought of. And I use those as a way of funding these ocean cleanup operations that my family does. And we really started to implement that as something that we wanted to be a part of the business and because we wanted to give back to the waters that we've spent so much time in. And especially my family, when we're all down there on the boat and we're out in the water and we're connecting with it, that to us is an invaluable experience. And since we've been doing it since I was a really young child, I can, in my own lifetime, visually see the changes and the devastation that's being created by these unsustainable ways of living. And whether it be the um, snorkeling on the reefs and, and seeing the plastic or the ropes or the vast array of trash that we see. As a whole, we can't take responsibility for it as the individual person because ultimately it comes down to these practices that are not sustainable in countries and corporations that the average small person doesn't have control over. But what we do have control over is creating these connections and having a voice that that connects everybody and, and highlights these problems. And as being a young girl and seeing what reefs used to look like and seeing the kind of animals and the corals and the beautiful colors and to see it changed in my lifetime really made an impact for me. And I really made it another one of my missions to make sure that my children this is going to be something that they're going to experience because it was such a profound and incredibly transformative for me to grow up in that environment and to see how when you're in the water, the water really affects your energy. And and that was where I always realized my power and realized how the internal environment that I hold and the energy that I hold and the space and the thoughts that I have affect everything around you. And you can see that when you're underneath the water because. The animals react to your energy. And if you're in a heightened, scared state and you're not calm and relaxed, you know, the fish won't come out from underneath the rocks and look at you. The The sharks won't come out. All the creatures really kind of stay hidden. And once you let your guard down and relax and your heartbeat slows, you're able to see how when you physically change your energy to a more peaceful and calm energy, all the beings around you come out and and really start to be curious. And you realize quickly that that interacts and affects everything around us the same way when we're on land. And so even human beings, I think we take for granted how much you might go to a store or the bank or walk past somebody else having a bad day and their energy affected you. And you might not know, know it or see it because humans don't always act like animals. But that's why for me being in that water, it's such an easy physical way to be able to see how your direct energy affects everything around you. And once you make that connection, it's almost impossible to unconnect it. It's You can't go about life denying it anymore. I mean, I can't walk outside and when the birds sing, I can't deny that they're singing. I can't go out and not look at the trees or just glance up at the sun or see what phase of the moon is in. And that's ultimately what I think is the easiest thing for humans to do to take that first step into nature. And that's to acknowledge the environment, the natural environment that's around you. And even if that's just one tree in your yard, or if that's just, you know, taking 10 minutes to look out the window and try to identify a bird or to sit and listen to the birds. I mean, even just listening to the birds is for the so many years, been the easiest way for humans to find a sense of peace and calm because for the longest time we've relied on the birds to tell us if we're in danger or if there's danger around us and so if you're in a space where there's birds singing Typically that's a safe environment and our bodies know that. And so when our bodies hear the birds singing, you might not know it, but your heart rate's already slowing, your body's already relaxing. Your nervous system is saying, "Okay, even though we're very stressed right now, at least there's not danger around us because we can hear the bird." And that's definitely something that I think is the easiest way to adjust to connecting with nature is the birds because even in big cities where there's barely a blade of grass, usually there is a bird at least that you can, whether you want to go out and feed them or just watch them, they are definitely big teachers for us in, in just enjoying the moment and, and hearing beautiful things and being able to just know that that is nature giving back to you. Mm
0: -hmm. What I love about everything that you do is that it all fuels a bigger purpose. So even in the space that you hold here in Wisconsin, I mean, it holds a greater purpose of allowing people to come and heal and have this sort of dream experience on your land. And then also through the mementos that you create are awesome. I mean I I have a few of those myself. These are little amazing pieces of like wood that Downriver literally carves herself by hand and I love that when I make that purchase on Etsy, I know that that is actually going to help your other movement through the water cleanup that you do in Florida. So if you guys aren't already following Downriver on Instagram or Facebook, you should definitely do that because there's so much that you post to that's just inspiring in nature where it's just like, oh, okay, like this is what you're doing. Like she'll literally post stuff where she's um, having these underwater experiences with With beautiful sea animals and also like doing this water cleanup and removing trash and just showing like how you can actually live in connection with the water and with mother earth so i'd like to ask um, and make sure we talk about how people can connect with you what are all the different ways
1: So I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and you can also send me an email anytime at downriverindigo at gmail.com. I also have my personal cell phone number on my business page because everything that gets booked or done through the business goes directly through me. So nothing is any outside sources, uh, all the social media, marketing, all the videos, photography, everything is me or somebody in my family directly helping me. So like you were saying, as far as uh, other's Contributing to it, I really appreciate that because it does all go toward myself and my family and, and the community.
0: Mm-hmm. So, your Facebook, what is your handle? On Facebook,
1: I am Downriver Indigo. And then the business page on Facebook is under Dream, D R I E M. And then after that, it says Downriver Indigo's experiences and mementos. So that should be pretty easy to find on Facebook. And then on Instagram, I'm under Downriver Indigo. And then I also have my gallery where it showcases all the mementos that I have made. And that's under the handle Downriver Indigo. So it's the same as my personal profile. It just has the S at the end. And then I also have an Instagram for the dream business itself, where we show the actual experiences that you can book through Dream.
0: And I, I know and I can feel this is definitely going to be more of a global experience as it, it continues to grow because what Downriver has created here in my hometown is absolutely gorgeous. So we're going to link everything below in the show notes. It'll be all of her social media, how you guys can find her, and then also links to just images of what she's created so far and why it's so important. Because like I said, I feel strongly and I love how everything just sort of feeds everything else and everything that you do. So thank Thank you so much for being with us today. We so value the work that you're doing and thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me
1: on and inviting me here. And I'm very blessed to know you and be able to live in this world where we're coexisting and creating and sharing so much magic with the community. And I'm really excited to see where the future brings all of us.
0: Thank you for listening to the She's a God podcast tune in next thursday for a brand new episode and don't forget to subscribe rate and review i would love to hear from you follow me on social media at this is jen torres for all of the latest and remember she is a god and so are you